Hey Rippers, are you learning how to surf? But are you a beginner or a big old kook? There is a difference, you know. Yep. And since there's many ways to kook it, you should stick around and learn a few things with Coach Evan and myself. And hey, if you don't know, let me tell you right now that surfers love to spot a kook. Still, don't stress it, because everyone's kooked it at some point. And that's why I created this podcast, because the more you know, the less you'll kook it. So bust out your swimmies and get ready to learn. The KookCast is here to lead you on your journey one episode at a time, and hopefully offer you some traction on this slippery slope between kookery and killing it. I'm your host, Coach Chris. And I'm Coach Ev. And we started the Surf Coaching and Education Program, the Surf Continuum. Hey, what's happening, Coach? How are you doing today? Hey, doing well, Coach. Just uh, checking in from Southern Cal. Beautiful, yeah. sunny Southern Cal. Finally got through some rain, and now it's time to get back in the water. Nice. Yeah, we actually had some surprisingly warm days out here on the East Coast and some waves to go with it. What a, what a treat. Hell yeah. Um, <clears throat> I got a, so I got, a, I got a letter the other day in the mail from, uh, well, the, the email from uh, a listener of ours. Um, and uh, well, it was just, it was pretty funny and insightful and thoughtful. And uh, I thought I'd just read it on the show and, and then we can uh, work through a couple of her questions together. Sounds good. So uh, this is from Katharina uh, Duval de Navarre. What a name, huh? I like that. Yeah. And she's a designer and obviously a surfer. And she lives in Milan, so she travels uh, to go surf in all these places around the world. And, uh, you know, if you're, if you're like me, you like to put, like, a face to, to the name. So if you should go check her out on Instagram. Her, her handle is Kat Duval, C-A-T-D-U-V-A-L. And she's just got some cool posts and, like, little stories about her life and what she's up to. And uh, it'll be nice to put a face to this whole letter you're about to hear um, with Absolutely. some funny stories and... Uh, and some questions, so we'll we'll get to that. Uh, there's a couple, <laughs> there's a couple like Hawaiian words, Hawaiian locations in here. So if there's any Hawaiian listens out listeners out there, please forgive me for potentially butchering the place or the word. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but respect, but uh, just can't pronounce everything well. All right, here we go. Dear Chris and Ev, by now you've noticed that I follow your Instagram account attentively. And I'll tell you that I've listened to every single episode of the podcast as well. I'm just loving it. It makes a lot of creative time in the office here in Milan a lot more enjoyable. I'm glad to hear that. For a while now, I've been meaning to share some of my own kooky stories with you guys so you can have a little laugh and maybe share them on your podcast if you want. I also listen to My Favorite Murder, and personally, I always very much enjoy when they share back the listeners' stories. Yesterday, I listened to the playback of the episode with Will Hahn, and it made me laugh so much again that I felt like it was time I share some of my stories as well. So without further ado, here we go. The Hawaii Incident. So, about a year after I started surfing, I flew to Hawaii to visit a close friend of mine. I had a month off since I was in between jobs. My friend lived in Maui, but she didn't surf at the time. Now she actually does. She got inspired by my passion for the sport. Since she didn't surf, getting organized was hard. I couldn't find a longboard anywhere. Apparently the longboard season was beginning, so they were in high demand or something. I had imagined I could buy a used one on Craigslist, but there was no way and a brand new one was too expensive and not worth it for my two-week stay. Uh, But where there's a will, there's a way. And I got a little bit of luck, too, and a friend of a friend in New York borrowed me a longboard. 
He was this big, calm Hawaiian guy, and he took me to two spots where we surfed together, a thousand peaks and Kihei, or more like he surfed and I struggled. <laughs> so after that, he left me his board for a week or so, so I could go surfing by myself. This was the biggest gift anyone could ever ever given me. I was so stoked. I surfed all over Maui, and it was the first time in my life that I had to organize everything by myself. Check the forecast, drive to the spot, check the waves, maybe drive to the next spot. So one day, I went to Ho'okipa, which is the most competitive spot on the island. The air is thicker there, I swear. I can only imagine the mood of the lineup. There's this little lookout above the spot, and there's always a bunch of dudes watching. I find it very intimidating. But that day, it was the only spot where there were waves. I decided to go in on the inside, kind of in the middle of the bay where the surf teacher had taken me a few days before, far away from the actual lineup. I let the lifeguard know I was going in before. <laughs> Such a kooky move, but maybe also smart. I was like, look at me, I'm a beginner and I'm going in. Please don't let me die. <laughs> <laughs> the waves were huge and I caught like two by accident. And I decided that that was it. And by two waves, I mean huge whitewater. Gotta know your limits. But the actual kook moment I want to get to is my last day on Maui. I was surfing this little spot in Paia, since my friend worked near there. Baldwin Beach Park was the name, I think. It was not a good time to go in at all. The tide was way too high, and it was windy as hell. Since it was my last day with my board, though, I was obviously going in anyway. I believe that was one of my worst surfs ever. The conditions were so bad and I was so inexperienced, I didn't catch a thing. I was on a mission though to write a card as a thank you to James for lending me the board. For whatever reason, I wanted to take a Polaroid of me with the board to add to the card. <laughs> so I was on the beach, it was windy as hell, and I tried to strike a pose with the board. I think I tried to put it above my head. There was a bunch of backpackers around and I asked one of the girls to take a photo of me. Too bad that she was just about to take it as a gust of wind came along and I fell over backwards with the board in hand right into the sand. Oh, cringe. It happened so quickly I don't even know exactly what happened. Needless to say, I lost control of the board and had to go sprint after it down the beach. Thank God I didn't have a leash on. I was kooky, but not that kooky. <laughs> Obviously, everyone who was at the beach got a good laugh of, out of it. Already, when you are posing with a board for a Polaroid camera, you look like such a tourist and everyone's looking. They definitely got a show. Afterwards, this local dude with his dog actually chatted me up. I'm sure he thought it was the kookiest thing he ever saw. Damn, I was embarrassed. And of course, now the board was full of sand. And not knowing how to fix that, I had to return the board with sand stuck to the wax. Ooh. But James was good about it. Now, a good year and a half later, I might have taken all the wax off and re-waxed it for him. Um, but I swear, at the time, so many normal things around surfing were still difficult for me. I was alone, and I literally didn't have any of the tools or know how to do it. Or at least I felt like I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to do anything wrong either. I still took a picture for him in the end. I had to kneel with the board on my lap so it wouldn't touch the floor, but could prevent it from flying away. Atta girl, cat. <laughs> 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 but I made it and he got a great card and wasn't mad about the sand. I will forever be grateful to James for making my time on Maui great. Yeah, James, shout out to that man for making it happen for you. Yeah, that's the way to do it. You know, hook somebody up who's really looking looking to get in the water. Do whatever you can, you know. Show, show them the spot and show them how to be safe about it. And then let them start putting in the time. Yeah.
Yep. And James, if you're listening, you're a good man. All right, one last short story from Kat, and then uh, I'll try and try and answer some of these questions. Uh, so this one is Kuki in Eracera, which is in Portugal. Eracera, I think it is. Eracera. Yeah. Thank you for that, Coach. Eracera. The other story that came to mind happened a few months later that same year, now over a year ago. I was going to a spot somewhere around Eracera in Portugal. Not having a local break, because I live in Milan, to me, most of the spots I surf are new spots. So I always try to observe it first and then maybe ask someone who's coming out of the water for a tip or two. So at this spot, my first obstacle was, where do I even go in? I kind of saw some people walk around a cliff with their board and then jump off this rock so the paddle to the lineup was way shorter. So I asked this Portuguese guy where it would be best to go in and sure enough, he pointed me towards that rock and said to jump off of it. I looked at the walk along the cliff and I decided I was too scared to do that with my longboard under my arm and chose to paddle out straight from the beach instead. I tried to kind of elegantly jump onto my board with speed to get a head start paddling out. Too bad that when I threw my body onto the board, the fin got pushed right into the sand and I got stuck. <laughs> and the guy I asked for for directions not only saw me not follow his advice, but also observed me do the most beginner kookiest thing I ever had done when I was getting in the water. <laughs> I'm a queen of kook. <laughs> so she goes, okay, also, I have one question for you guys. At this point in my surfing, I'm working on surfing unbroken waves and going down the line instead of straight to the beach. It's really difficult to transition, I find, because everything I have ever been taught was to go straight and then maybe turn left or right when I first started out. Whereas I now understand that I have to turn immediately when I catch the wave and set the rail somehow. I listened to your episode about setting the rail, which is when, I f when it first occurred to me that that's a skill I need to work on. So I just went on a surf trip to Sri Lanka, determined to do this, but I will say that it was pretty hard. I caught some smaller unbroken waves where this is not that important maybe, and that was fine. But there was one bigger wave that I tried to catch, and I was totally confused about what happened. I was on a longboard and paddled for a relatively big wave, I want to say a meter roughly. And I felt like I got it, but then suddenly I saw my board going straight down, me still lying on it. It was still attached to the water, so I was on the wave. It didn't seem like I was nosediving since that would have already happened. But I think what happened to me was that I was surfing straight down the lip towards the beach and the lip was very big, so I got scared and pulled back. Would I have just needed to get up and go right in that moment? And would I have been fine? Was I in the right spot until I pulled out of the wave because I got scared? Or did I fail completely because I didn't set my rail? How could I have set the rail? Did I need to be at more of an angle paddling into the wave rather than facing the beach with my board? Please help, I'm confused. <laughs> well, thanks for those questions, Kat. And uh, we'll do our best here. You know, it can be a little difficult because like we always say, you know, every wave's different, every situation's different. And even if we knew the wave and the spot you were surfing, it's possible that, you know, it was a, a different kind of a wave or it hit the bottom a little differently and ledged up or, you know, who knows. But uh, going back, I mean, uh, Coach, you, what, do you, what are your initial thoughts on all that? Yeah, I mean, same, same thing. It's kind of tough to just read kind of a breakdown of, of one certain wave without knowing Cat and, and, and knowing, you know, where she's at with her surfing. But, um yeah, I mean, I, I know we covered some of this with the rail set, so I think we just kind of get get right back into it. Um, 
you know, the, the couple options that she did have in, in that situation. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so, okay, let's start off with the fact. So, you know, she understands she has to turn immediately when she catches the wave and set the rail somehow. She listened to the episode setting the rail. I went on the surf trip to Sri Lanka, determined to do it. Uh, and she caught some, so this is the first part that stood out to me. Uh, I caught some smaller unbroken waves where it is not that important, maybe, and that was fine. So first of all, I would say that it's always important. You know, if you want to go down the line, it doesn't matter on the size of the wave. That's pretty irrelevant, actually. Um, what's changing, maybe you're trying or recognizing, is that on a smaller wave, perhaps it's less critical. Well, it's definitely less critical. And maybe you have a little more time to kind of draw out the line. Uh, but again, this is more about the shape of the wave, the timing of your rail set. Right. Um, but but the, what I really wanted to address about that sentence was just that it's not less important on smaller waves. Um, so let's, let's move on. But there was a bigger wave, and I tried to catch it. It was totally confused about what happened. So she's on a longboard. She paddled for a big wave. She felt like she got it, and then she felt like she was going straight down. Um, and then she said she bailed because she got nervous, but she didn't nosedive. So it sounds like she recognized she was on her way to a nosedive, but being a little nervous because it was probably a bigger wave and, and pitching a little bit faster, you know, she pulled back. Mm -hmm. So it sounds to me, now take this with a grain of salt, Cat, because again, we don't know exactly what happened to you, but it does sound to me like you, you, you stopped committing. You know, you didn't fully commit to that wave and just go for it. And, uh, you know, if it was terribly scary, then the wave's too big. You know, to learn this, this process, the takeoff, it can be really, like, nerve-wracking and scary. So you really want to do it on, on little waves where you can be, like, confident that the, doing it wrong is not going to hurt or, or really pitch you all that badly. Right. Uh, so there's that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if, you, if this wasn't that big of a wave and you just got nervous, then I would say, yeah, you, you should just stay committed. Get down the face of the wave, or maybe not fully, and set your rail. Don't just set your rail by leaning on your forearms and leaning to the right or to the left. But, you know, tuck your hands under your chest and press yourself up so that you gain a little leverage against your board. And then you'll be able to, to set your rail a little easier. In fact, this is kind of one of our techniques we do with our our private uh, lessons and, and, and classes with our uh, students, um, sometimes when people are just standing up and going straight to the beach, we kind of backtrack with them a little bit and insist on them to not stand up and rather ride the wave properly. You know, and we use this press-up rail set to kind of teach them that. And when you do that, then the stand-up allows, you can do the stand-up almost at any point down the line as long as you're setting your rail and like getting that nose away from the trough of the wave and pointed down towards the shoulder. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what do you say? Yeah, I think that just like if she's really learning, trying to learn how to set the rail, then she should just, like you're saying, kind of backtrack and and go find a, a set situation, whether it's with a boogie board or maybe one of, like a smaller soft top uh, surfboard and just like go out there and do rail set after rail set after rail set and not really worry about when the stand-up comes into play, but just get that feeling of what what angle do I need to attack this wave at? Is it really lined up and steep? And do I have to really take off like side slipping down the face and really, really laying into the rail to keep it engaged? Or is it like a nice little slopey wave where you can get in and then you have time to do what you were talking about get your hands underneath your chest, do a press up, 
keep your head up and like lead with your head and, and just kind of slowly initiate the rail set. Uh, I really do think it takes like one after another after another and really just focusing on that and then and then you can work it into then you'll have that feeling totally you'll have that feeling that you can take to your longboard on that on that nice day that's well suited for the length of your board and your your level and you'll you'll know right off the bat like what you, what you need to do and and you won't get into that position where you're like you always say it's it's more second nature and you're not thinking about the the skill that you're trying to do it just is going to happen naturally right uh, because basically if you're thinking about all that stuff while you're just paddling into the wave it's almost like it's just too much to think about yeah it's too much to think about and also then that means you're not reading the wave as much you're focusing more on the skill and less on what the wave's doing and the thing is the skill is is it's it's a dynamic thing like every skill it's in dependent surfing, on the wave. right that's what i'm trying to say it, it what like the skill you're trying to do depends on what the wave is doing so if you're just thinking about the skill then that means you're not really paying attention to the wave and well so maybe you'll get lucky and do the right rail set for that wave but you don't want to do things luckily in surfing you want to do it with intention you want to see this wave coming at you and as it's approaching you watching it get steeper and ledge up you'd be thinking to yourself, oh, okay, like I'm going to set my rail more. Not even thinking about it. You're just going to do it. Like you said, it's kind of like a, a reflex. And as a wave lifts you faster and faster, you set your rail more and more and less right. and less as it's slopier and slopier. But I like what you said, just reps. You got to get your reps in. And uh, a boogie board is a great way to do it. You know, in the shore break, like you can, that's the great thing about the boogie board. It doesn't have to be a decent wave. It can be a close out on the beach. And you can just jump into them and set your rail and, and just learn that right amount of pressure to apply to the wave. It's like kind of equal and opposite to whatever the wave is pushing at you. Mm -hmm. So match that pressure and keep yourself, even if it's just for a millisecond of time, keep yourself in the pocket of the wave. And then, you know, finally the lip will go over your head and you'll roll on the sand. Um, just be, make sure you're nice and soft and not like too rigid when you roll into the sand. But it's, it's a great way to learn. That's how, you know, most surfers when they were kids did this first yep you know yeah you'll you'll feel the difference like in your length in in the speed and the length of your ride too like if you're going straight to the beach you have that one little quick burst of speed and then you're slowing down and, and getting mauled by the white water whereas if you if you keep trying keep trying finally you'll set the rail properly and have a little open face and get that get that feeling of like flight almost compared to just going straight you know it's just a completely mm -hmm. different feeling and that's that's why we're we're trying to you know get this out and have more people working on setting the rail even if they're still in the prone position because it's closer to surfing than just standing up on the board and going straight into the beach right right yeah we're, we want people to ride waves the stand-up is easy. You'll, you can get that later, but like, learn how to ride waves, especially when we're dealing with people who didn't grow up on boogie boards and who are just coming to surfing. It's like, okay, we have a really big chapter before learning how to stand and ride waves, and that's just learning how to ride waves and where the power is. So, you know, just in conclusion, let's answer these last couple questions were, was I in the right spot when I pulled out of the wave? 
uh, and I like I just got scared or did I fail completely because I didn't set the rail? How could I have set the rail? Should I have been at an angle? It sounds to me like you kind of were in a good spot, especially if you weren't nosediving and you just got nervous and pulled back. So next time, commit yourself to that that wave. Start setting your rail. And, and if you nosedive, you nosedive. I mean, that's kind of like the path to discovering this this skill. Right. Uh, and just try to be on, on small enough waves where it's not that critical you know it's not that consequential of a wipeout and um, lastly about the angle paddling into waves yes that can certainly help just be careful that you don't only rely on angling into waves uh, to make sure you don't nosedive because you really want to make sure you catch a wave well and if you over angle you start directing your momentum away from the direction of the wave energy like the wave energy is moving towards the beach, even though it's going to break down the line eventually, the energy is going towards the beach. And first and foremost, you need to catch the energy. Then you can use it, harness it to turn yourself down the line. So it's definitely a tedious moment and it's, it's a small window you have to, to catch a wave and turn down the line before you nosedive, but make sure you catch the wave first. Right. Um, but yeah, with practice and repetition in small waves, you'll get it. You'll get it. And one other little tip we'll leave you with is... Uh, Take away the stand-up. Don't stand up. Yep. You know, if you don't have a boogie board or you don't have something to, to do the way we were just saying, um, just try and do it on your longboard and, and press yourself up and turn down the line. Press yourself up and turn down the line. And soon you'll start getting a really smooth radius turn where you're not bogging your the front part of your rails or your nose or nose diving. Um, yeah, I'm practice, really. Yeah, I'm sure there's, there's probably a clip on our Instagram that shows us, you know, just getting into the wave setting the rail and then going into the stand-up like slowing it down and breaking it down and watch that a couple times and just to clarify like again every wave is different and a lot of the times you'll see good surfers like paddling straight into the wave just just like you said to to sync up with the wave's energy and speed and catch the wave and then and then they're angling the board and and engaging the rail so it's not like one one way works every single time you know and then sometimes mm. you'll see us running for the shoulder running for the shoulder because the thing is lined up way down the line and and then we're turning and then taking off at a, a very strong angle but the waves developed and steep enough for for us to like fall down the face and get that quick little burst of speed that gives you the stability for your stand up and and get you going in the direction that you need to be. So just, you know, I think she's she's on the right track. Obviously, she's getting out there and surfing in different places. It seems like she's really cognizant of like doing it doing it properly and doing it safely and and knows that it's a long journey and that you know, she's getting that surfing fundamentals are are just part of the game you know if you don't if you don't have them then you're just going to continue to struggle so work your way backwards if there's if there's kinks or holes in your armor then start you know start filling them making them stronger yep right on right on she's definitely on the right track and um just keep on going and thanks for writing in this is this is always fun when somebody has questions for us and stories that we can break down because that's what surfing is it's, and surfers are you know big on storytelling and, hell yeah <laughs> and enjoy it so that's for damn show appreciate it cat yeah thanks cat for writing in um that was a good one all right so if you guys are uh if you're not subscribed to the coop cast or you haven't rated the show dude you're kooking it 
get on there and subscribe and rate it. Jeez. Um, and we read email at info at thesurfcontinuum.com. If you got a funny story, we'll read it out for the listeners. We'll, we'll, we won't judge you too hard. <laughs> Absolutely. But no, it's all good fun. And it's all learning experience for everyone. That's the, whole, that's the whole point of the show. So we can all learn from each other. Appreciate you guys tuning in. And uh, we'll catch up soon. Sounds good. Woo-hoo. Later, coach. Later. Mm.